we were like, should we get a retail trader on the show? Avi was like, yes, no brainer answer. Avi is like the, the like the William Wallace of retail. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't tell you about it. It's like he's not he, very much so not retail, but the leader of retail. <laughs> I try, I try to help him out, bro. I try to help him out. The, the quarterback of retail. Um, yeah. <laughs> do do you ever wear Jalen Hurts style eye paint when you when you show up to your trading? <laughs> Bro, you know what I should do? I should like I should do streams and come out like I'm like I'm a football player, <laughs> like full costume. I need like a, a a manly costume, bro. Like stream. Yeah, just show up to a Solana hackathon with that, that like the super turbo. Um... <laughs> yeah. Warlord gear. No, I need that. That's. Welcome back to a very special episode of 1000X. We have a wonderful new guest. We got Ansem on, who's going to be bullshitting around with us for the next hour or so as we try to unpack what's happening in the market. Just for a timestamp, it is 1.53 p.m. Tuesday, November 21st, and we're about an hour out from the uh, announcement where Janet Yellen is going to talk about how she took down CZ. <laughs> so... I- Headlines are just slapping the tape right now. Markets whipsawing around. BNB up and down 10%. We don't know what's going to happen. Um, I don't know. We could break it down into scenarios. Like if she says X, then Y happens. And Sam, what, what, what are you, how are you trading this? Um, honestly, I'm expecting like uh, Bitcoin to hold strong here. That's that's what I've been, I've been looking at. I think alts kind of had their little run. They've done like two, three X. I think all PGC pairs are kind of topping, but Bitcoin has been strong. Um, and I think if like if this this regulatory news, basically, if it's just a fine and Binance can keep like operating as they were prior to, I think we're fine. I think we just keep like keep going up. We might like chop around a bit in the like thirty three to thirty seven area, but I'm I'm expecting Bitcoin to break out before um, end of year. I also have Coinbase. I have a ton of Coinbase. <laughs> so, yeah. like, all the scenarios are bullish Coinbase. Um, yeah, I think, I, think, I, think, yeah, I think you tweeted this out, but, like, basically everything at this point sends Coinbase to infinity. Yeah. Like, no matter, no matter what the outcome is, unless, I mean, unless, unless they come out and they say every single exchange that has ever operated, we're going to come after you next, I guess that's the one scenario. But in that case, I mean... Might, might as well just pack up, right? We'll, we'll all go back to trading uh, pink, pink slips or something. We we wargamed this a little bit at my old place. We you know were chatting about this a bit before the podcast. There There's sort of three scenarios, right? Scenario one is like CZ and handcuffs, like international manhunt, bunch of you know crazy OFAC, AML violations. Uh, scenario two is just limbo. We've been in scenario two for I don't know how long. It feels like years, but probably just months. We're all getting get a little tired of it, and then scenario three is is this where there's a, a a manageable slap on the wrist, and the thing just sends after a while because you know Binance CZ pay their fine, and you know Binance is still dominating the marketplace after that. So I don't know. I I agree with you, Ansem. I I think uh, I I think I think you're right. I think this this thing just keeps chopping, but with an upwards trend. But I wanted to ask you against the backdrop of what you just said 
Um, how long have you, like, tell us a little bit about yourself. How long have you been in crypto? Have you seen any scenarios similar to this during, during your history trading, you know, previous exchanges under fire? Well, like how, how are you, how are you referencing this versus the, you know, the earlier parts of your career in crypto? Um, yeah, I mean, I've been in crypto since like 2017. Um, basically I was, I was a software engineer before, but it was just trading crypto on the side. Um, I was basically doing both like at the same time, they were full-time crypto. And um like twenty twenty one, like mid twenty twenty one. Um so yeah, I've seen like I guess two well like one and a half, one full cycle, and then I came in like midway through twenty seventeen. So I was like I guess half was when I didn't know what I was doing. <laughs> um but yeah, I think it's similar to like the BitMEX lawsuit, which was in twenty twenty. Um and that I believe it was like Q four twenty twenty. I referenced it earlier this year when the lawsuit against finance came out. I was like, yo, last time they did this, it was like pico bottom we just ripped it from um like when that news dropped i think it, it's kind of similar it's like most of these things if they don't shut down the exchange entirely it's like that's the peak fear when the lawsuit and everything comes out um and it's like it kind of gets priced in from there like crypto is supposed to operate um in a way such that it doesn't get shut down by one exchange going under or one exchange not being like not being um in control of, of everything. Bitcoin is like on its own, it's its own in, in thing entirely. Um, and we kind of see that in the reaction to these markets when people are just like, no, fuck you. We're not selling our crypto because the government's coming after us. Um, but, but yeah, I think earlier this year is like when we bottomed around 25 K that was the initial, uh, lawsuit announcement. And now we're at 37 K and we're kind of like coming to the end of it. So it seems like we're, we're kind of getting all the bad news out of the way with BlackRock on, kind of the side of we're going to be pushing for all these ETFs next year, it seems like we're in like the final stage of the worst part of the regulatory stuff to me. This kind of came at a time where I was already thinking about reducing exposure a ton. So this actually makes it, this actually makes it way harder for me. I mean, you look at, I mean, you're the biggest soul boy I know, but mm -hmm. it, it definitely looks the weakest, like a, that it's looked in a very long time here. Like all the all the spot bet, all the VCs that were chasing it that didn't want to buy at nineteen, they didn't want to buy at twenty five. They all bought at like forty five, fifty, and they got their then they got their little pop, little pop to sixty, and now there just doesn't seem to be a spot bet in the market for this thing anymore. And so the whole that 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 dragged up, I think, honestly, everything in a sense. And obviously, you had the BT, the BTC run as well, but now I'm thinking that it's it's back to BTCD. I think people had their fun with alts and I, what, what I'm kind of looking for is maybe we chop down to 34, 33, and then you just rotate right back, right, right back into alts and you, you can, you can allocate to all your small caps again. But right now it just, it, it looks, it looks kind of tough to be long if you're just based on the charts. Then the flip side of the argument is that Binance removes everything that you're worried about. Then you just have the ETF, then you have the ETH ETF, then probably a Solana ETF after that. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, it's kind of, it's kind of a, it's one of the weirdest spots I think we've been in the last two months. I mean, the last two months were just so straightforward. Yeah, no, for sure. For sure. It's rip everything. <laughs> no, I agree though. I think, I think all of are like near, near up top, like all BDT um, pairs for sure. I definitely can see a scenario where it's like we get a Bitcoin breakout and alts pull back and everybody's like, whoa, I, I don't have enough Bitcoin. And then we get to, I don't know, like mid forties, maybe. Um, 
And then like when, the, when we pull back from there, that's when alts start having their fun again, when Bitcoin's chopping around higher. Because um, I feel like people are just ignoring, ignoring Bitcoin. It's really not that far off of the highs. Um, BTCD is on the highs, right? I mean, in that, in one sense, it's it's not being ignored. It pulled back a bit. I know. Yeah, you're right. Uh, it's. Yeah, we it have... wasn't like 54 with the like 52. Now it's, it's kind of popping again. Yeah, B B BTC BTCD flipped 52 percent into support. I know that's fucking chart, dude. Yeah, I know. <laughs> that actually, like, I I don't know how I feel about charting this, but that is a Clinton chart. That is, <laughs> that is like, look, I mean, if if I were to draw a line there, that would be a sexy line. Nah, I'm looking at it too. I, I'm with you. I'm with you. So, okay. So, can you walk us through? Do you think? Do you think of Solana as an alt? Is is Solana an altcoin? Yeah, so I'm def definitely an alt. Um. I think like this this cycle will submit it as as third. That's how I'm I'm kind of looking at it. Um, just I think this cycle, the focus for ETH is they're kind of pivoting to the modular um, thesis, and in that thesis, I just am not sure how the value gets distributed across the entire stack because there's like ten different L2s. All of them are going to have tokens. Some of them are going to be doing off-chain DA versus using ETH for DA. Some of them may use Celestia for DA. Some of them may use Near for DA, or like Eigen DA. It's looking like ETH is going to be more of a settlement layer, and that transition from everything happening on Ethereum to Ethereum being more of a settlement layer, and then the execution having uh, happening on other blockchains is just I'm not clear on how the value accrues across the stack. But I think it's pretty clear that Solana is on the complete opposite of that thesis. So it's like every, the integrated L1, do everything on the L1. You don't need to scale via L2s yet. Um, and it's like the monolithic opposite of Ethereum. So you have the settlement layer, then you have Bitcoin, and then you have one integrated L1. And I think they're like by far in the lead against the other L1s right now, just because of everything that they've gone through and how strong the community is. Um, like the develop, developer community and the teams there now are like much stronger than they were um, a couple years ago. So I think there'll be like a solid three. So you're an engineer, you said. Uh, can you tell us why so many engineers just love Solana? Like, what what's is it? Is it an amazing engineering experience versus EVM? So something computer sciencey that us like finance guys can't understand. Help, help me, help me get it. <laughs> um, I think they're just more they're more practical on this the scaling arguments like of Ethereum versus Solana. Solana guys don't are not as focused on the fully decentralized, like everybody can run a node, everybody needs to be able to validate the chain. Um, the Solana guys are like, no, if you're gonna make a, a like globally globally decentralized system that can operate on um like at the same speed as like NASDAQ, you're gonna need some high powered machines that are the nodes operating this network. Um, and then they kind of focus on that as as the, like the practical way um, of how this is going to work long term. There's no really way of getting around there. Like it doesn't really make sense <laughs> to do it any other way. And I think like I don't know about the Rust versus like Solidity. How many engineers like prefer that? I know everybody in crypto is like very cool, um, like very secure with the EVM, and I think that's why a lot of the crypto guys. Um, are so big on Ethereum and even the L2s who focus on the EVM. Um, but Solana attracts a lot of developer talent that 
don't really have that experience in crypto already. So there's a ton of Rust engineers outside of crypto. Don't know anything about crypto, but they know Rust and know how to like program for Rust. Also, Solana gets a lot of those, um, a lot of that attention as well. But I, I, I like was a developer, but I have not been a developer in crypto. I'm not going to claim to be like, I've built things on ETH, built things on Solana. I don't have that um, frame of reference. I think ETH just benefited in the last run from the the majority of people that were getting in that were that were getting into crypto or like actually just general retail. You 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 didn't get as many builders that were coming in in my in my opinion as you actually got on the tail end of the cycle. So on the tail end of the cycle is when is when people okay I made money I quit my job so like I can start I can start coming in I can start I I can start developing. And so I think what you just saw, in, especially in 2021, is across across the board, you also just saw a lot of the people that were coming in were just building copycats. They were building all these use, useless useless applications, just a bunch of a bunch of casinos. Uh, and now I think we're finally we're finally getting away from that in in some in some capacity, which has made me pretty bullish on just like individual assets now. So there are a bunch of things that I look at that I couldn't really do this in 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 2019 and 2020. Just stuff that I wanted to buy that I would feel comfortable holding for a year and just not thinking about it. Other than other than BTC and ETH, BTC and ETH were kind of it, and then everything else was just a straight rotation trade. And now I feel like there's stuff that I'm willing to hold for a long time. So for example, I played Prime. It's a, it's a, it's a dope game. Like right, it's, it's actually it's actually like. Yeah. It's like okay, yeah. this is this is good. <laughs> like this is usable. This is, I mean, like fine, you know, uh, it, it it it's valued high, but I think, you know, you I I can hold that for the next six months and feel pretty confident there. But anyway, I mean, I just think that there's actually a ton of really good stuff out there, and I know you keep tweeting about the cycle bags, just like yo, there's <laughs> bags. You just you just yeah. do these, you hold on to them, you forget about it. Yeah, that's ride it. What are your cycle bags? Show us so that we could buy them for you. <laughs> oh man what are my cycle bags yeah. well you just called one out dude um but yeah my mains are like this cycle i think coinbase i like a lot i think they're in a really good um position um with like the spot etfs coming um they're gonna be basically the, cons the custodian for all of those and then also them expanding like internationally with their perps um and coinbase cloud um like for staking um they're like working with a ton of other chains outside of just Ethereum too. And I think they've actually pivoted really well um, to be more like crypto centric, crypto native with how they're operating. I know Coinbase got a lot of flack the past few years for kind of not being in touch with what crypto people were looking for. And I, I think in the past few months, they've done a really, a really good job of that. And I think the base L2 is also um, super, super strong from a like retail onboarding perspective because they have so many KYC people on Coinbase. If they're able to get them onto actual like on chain, we have like 100 million people on the Coinbase like centralized exchange, but on chain, it's like me, Avi, like everybody on Twitter. Like <laughs> it's just like a, you know, it's, it's just like us. We need to like get retail onto on chain still. We haven't really accomplished that yet in crypto. And I think base is one of the, the best um, chances of doing that. Uh, so I like Coinbase. Um, I love Solana, as you guys know, for, for many reasons. I don't really need to go into detail there, I feel like. Um, Parallel is actually one of my... Um, I didn't expect it to be like a long-term play, but I started looking more into it. Um, and the game is actually like really 
complex and fleshed out. Like as a, as a trading card game, um, there's layers to it. Like you have to play it for a while to get good at it and really understand like how to be good at the game, which I think is really dope. And you've seen them kind of pierce into the web two segment um, of gaming. Like people who play, what's the other card game? Is it Magic? Magic the Gathering, I think is the other one. Um, yeah, so you have people who play that and they like <clears throat> like parallel. And then once you tap that market of gamers who don't care about crypto, but the game is good enough for them to play it, and you have an option to onboard them without needing to buy an NFT or like whatever, know what crypto is. And then you have the crypto native people um, who also are going to be the first ones using all these applications. Prime is at a really cool intersection there where they can tap um, multiple different markets. And then like I said the other day, I was like, this cycle is the one where we're going to see a lot more actual strong businesses come out other than just these exchanges, which print money off fees. Um, cause a, a game that people really enjoy and are willing to spend money in game to like, up, like <clears throat> be better than other people and like upgrade through the ranks, that's going to be a, a, a successful business. If they can onboard a good amount of consumers that are willing to spend, um, regardless of the markets up or down. So I think you're going to see some businesses emerge this cycle and that could be one of them. So I like, I like prime a lot. Um, just looking at parallel alpha here, just on OpenSea, looking at these trading cards. I mean, some of them are worthless. Some of them are trading for like one or two ETH. Uh, it looks kind of like magic. Is that what the experience is like? Magic the Gathering? But because I always thought of magic as this amazing game, but like the exchange for cards is super shitty and you deal with these battle men and they they take you out. Um, here it's just... Wait, Joe, wait, 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 wait. Back up, back up. Uh, Jonah, how do you know anything about magic? <laughs> how do you how do you know anything about magic like it came out during my high school years right like did you did you actually play this game did yeah of course you, did you play magic you yeah. played magic yeah i mean not like a lot like i i'm that's not, funny not an actually it seems like it seems like a reasonable amount it's an irl game um that it's did you, my did you, ever, you ever played any tournaments no no i didn't make it that far it was it was more just like with kids uh kids that i knew from school oh man that's i i, I did not peg you for magic the gathering guy so is, is that what this is like? Parallel is like a crypto, like a, where the the cards are NFTs and you play the game and the cards like enable you in the same way that they would enable you in Magic? Kind of thing. Yeah, so there's like four different, I think there's, I want to say there's four factions. Let me not mess it up. I think there's four different factions um, and each faction has their own like special abilities. Um, your deck of cards, I want to say it's 20 cards. You get a deck of cards um, and then you play against somebody else and each card has its own like attack defense whatever special like ability and you try and basically just take the other person's health points down to zero before they kill you um i played like Yu-Gi-Oh, so that's my my comparison i played Yu-Gi-Oh when i was younger it's my, my closest comparison for me um but they also have other games outside of just the the trading card game so that's the first one and then they plan on making other games also their newest one that they're working on is like an ai um first person based on the parallel avatars um and basically your ai does like um like goes out on quests and stuff and you like you update your character as it goes so that's their next their next game coming up it's gonna be a whole like franchise of, of things this is bananas i was just i just ran the numbers on OpenSea after you brought it up i mean we're looking at 161 million dollars worth of volume that's printed on just these trading cards since it since the project kicked off like th there's real stuff happening here kind of under our noses. And, you know, part of why we wanted to have you on so badly was because, you know, 
you're paying attention to it. Like, uh, for me, I'm just, just too fucking old. Obviously, <laughs> too busy uh, slinging institutional volume and the and the tokens that can handle it. Like, we need people who are in the weeds looking at interesting stuff. Thank you for telling me about this. Try to try to buy some cards. Yeah, man. So you can start playing that. I can get you the the betas. Um, you can get access to the beta. The open beta comes at the end of the year, but I can, I can get you access. Cool. Yes, please. Yeah, I mean the the, the, tre- the trenches have been so profitable. I mean, not Dude. that not that not that I can not that I can like play in them in any size because it's just it, it's not it's not really my game. But as an outside observer who pays attention to the people that pay attention to the trenches, I mean, it's uh it's it's kind it's kind of nuts just all the all the on chain stuff that's been uh it's been popping off left and right. Yeah. We we've had some you know polished billionaires on the show who come from like interest rate trading. We've talked to you know Anatoly from Solana, who's a dev and you know, super genius. We haven't we haven't talked to any people like retail type people in the trenches. So how did you like? Can you tell us what it is that attracted you to crypto, and then tell us like how you managed to survive these cycles and develop your process without a formal trading background? How how did you do it? So I went to Georgia Tech. I studied computer science there. Um, and my minor was in business. So one of my classes for my minor was this emerging technologies class. And my professor was a huge Bitcoin guy. He was like, well, I was one of the focuses in that class was Bitcoin. So that's when I first learned about Bitcoin. Um, and I've always kind of been at the intersection of like finance and tech. So I, I minored in business. My major was, was CS. So I've kind of always been like in that, that area. Um, and then when I graduated in 2017, <clears throat> I had a mentor um at the job i was working at and he was a huge crypto guy and he was like dude i'm like making a ton of money trading on like bitrix bitmex like all these sites he starts telling me about all coins i was like okay let me look into this uh and figure this out and start learning how to do this that's when i started trading um 2017 i mean i was always i've always been on twitter so like when i but i was been on twitter as just like been online so i've been online forever like i was tumblr guy played like World of Warcraft, played League of Legends, always been on on the internet. So I was active on Twitter before I even knew about crypto. And when I started looking into crypto, I was like, well, let me figure out on Twitter who the crypto people are. And that's when I started figuring, like found Kobe, found like TraderMain, like Loomdart, all those guys. Um, and when I was learning how to trade in 2017, I started posting charts like everybody else is posting charts. <laughs> I didn't have any followers, but I posted a, a ton of charts when I was learning TA um from those guys they're talking about like how cycles work how altcoins versus bitcoin work um how like money flows down the ecosystems and all that i saw it in 2017 um didn't trade the cycle well at all i was like all in alts when bitcoin was ripping just like was down a ton against bitcoin um it didn't do a great job of selling the top either but i saw the cycle and like knew what it looked like and how to play it when it came back again the second time. So in 2020, um, when DeFi summer happened and started popping off, I was actually playing poker with a lot of crypto people. And wasn't really that active in markets. But then people were like, yo, started talking about shit coins on Uniswap. I was like, okay, let me figure out what this is and get back into this. Because um, actually my boy Jeremy, we started, we made like a group chat on Telegram. Um, <laughs> that's when everybody was like trading against each other trading micro caps on Uniswap. And we were like, went from poker straight into like trading on Uniswap. It was funny. You, you didn't leave the market, right? Like you you were, you were in it. You had your finger on the pulse the whole time. You didn't like take a breather in 2019 and look at other stuff, right? 
No, I took a breather. I was I was like more focused on my actual day job in like 2019. I traded 2018, 2019. Um, actually, had my my daughter was born late 2019, so and that was also right around when when COVID happened. So that whole time period, I was like not looking at markets. And then the COVID crash happened. Watch what happened was. I remember BitLord was on Twitter talking about COVID in China. And I've been in China and he's walking around Shanghai or wherever he was in Beijing, Shanghai, I think it was Shanghai or Beijing. And there's nobody on the streets. So I was like, that is completely wrong for China because I've been there and I know what those streets look like. So something is, is up. Um, and I started looking at markets, US markets. And in my head, I'm like, as soon as COVID gets to New York, we're like, <laughs> we're fucked. Because the distance between everybody on the subway is like we're face to face. I'm like, if it spreads that fast, people are like it doubles every day. I'm like, as soon as the first case gets into New York, it's like it's wraps for here, and people were not really worried about it. So I sh I was short Boeing. <clears throat> I like bought puts on Boeing, thinking like, okay, well, whenever people do figure out this is like an actual thing, airlines are gonna get crushed. So I was short Boeing and I was, I was short like right before that, that crazy crash happened in March. Um, the printed pretty well on that, but I, I closed it too early. I didn't expect it to go like minus 70% a couple weeks. Um, but yeah, after that, I started like paying attention more to market. I was like, okay, everything crashed. I was we're playing poker with crypto people. Then people start talking about DeFi summer, everything ripped. I look at the Ave chart. I'm like, how the fuck did I miss this hundred X? Um, and then I saw Bitcoin was trading at 10K. So I'm like, well, Bitcoin is 100% at least going back to all-time high. I, I know that for a fact. I'm trying to tell everybody like, yo, <clears throat> Bitcoin's going to rip soon because all these alts have done all this, all these multiples and Bitcoin hasn't moved yet. So that money's going to start flowing down into Bitcoin. And they didn't even know what Bitcoin was. They're like, dude, what is Bitcoin? We know Ethereum and we know Uniswap. We don't, we don't care about Bitcoin because their intro to crypto was just trading on Uniswap. Oh, uh, so that's how I got like active again. That cycle, Bitcoin was like my first big trade, and I was like, okay, what else should I look at? Uh, gas fuses, spiking on Ethereum. Then I started looking at Solana. Um, like that was probably my best trade that cycle. Um, but I just had a that like framework for how to rotate capital between Bitcoin, altcoins. That I knew a little bit of, of TA. Um, and it's always been easy for me to pick up new stuff. Just like so, trading was really not not hard for me to pick up, but. That, that was one of the weirdest periods, I think, when people were getting into crypto through Uniswap and ETH and they weren't touching. Because I, I remember, I mean, back in, uh, back in 2016, 2017, everybody, everybody's first stop was Bitcoin. So I was kind of used to, I was used to the opposite happening, right? Where you get the wealth effect from BTC into, into alts. And that was, the, that was sort of the mentality. Um, and then people just started onboarding because of all these crazy crazy yields that existed in, in DeFi. I'm like, whoa, I can make hundred percent. I can make thousand percent. I can, you know, just literally five X my money in, in a month. If I, if I go to D, if I go to DeFi first and people are just going straight to aping, you know, small caps on unit on Uniswap. So that, that was, that was a, that was a wild, that was a wild period, but it just shows you how, how much the crypto market changes honestly yeah. a year, but also how much it like the, the same, the same things will happen over again. You just have to pattern match sort of differently. It's like when your teacher gave, gave you a, like a problem set and then the test was a different version of that problem set. You just have to figure out yeah. how to like, <laughs> yeah. super, superimpose it onto, onto, the, onto the new problem. Anson was saying that the, um, 
that the uh, the money back then was in the DeFi summer was trickling from alts into Bitcoin. Why why is it that this cycle it should be the opposite and money will trickle from Bitcoin into alts? I mean, I don't think it was directly just like altcoins into Bitcoin. I think there was also a ton of tradfi flows that were like that pushed Bitcoin up that around that time period. Um, but just generally, the the people who are really good at trading crypto cycles. Their core base is always Bitcoin, and some of them now it's Bitcoin and ETH. So it's like if you have these people, the people who are buying altcoins when they're like floored minus ninety percent, um, usually know what they're doing, and they're gonna protect their gains by going back into Bitcoin. So whenever those people print mm-hmm. off off alts, they're like, oh, let me take profit into Bitcoin, take profit into ETH. Um, so I think you have the crypto natives who a lot of times are on side, the same size as these funds and they just know what they're doing. Um, so they, they control a lot of like how the market, the market flows happens. That's generally why I don't think it's directly like Bitcoin alts, alts, Bitcoin. Um, I think this cycle, there's a lot of, well, I don't know if this is true or not, but I think there's going to be a lot of institutional focus on Bitcoin just because of how the spot ETF is coming. Um, and like think his connections with people in, in finance are massive. So in my head, I'm like, okay, Bitcoin's gonna be the first thing that all these people who are like have gold allocations, have stock allocations, whatever, have real estate, like, oh, let me get one, two percent of Bitcoin. Let me add that to my my portfolio now that BlackRock is stamping it as <clears throat> safe for people. So that's what I'm thinking there is gonna happen. Um, and then that also legitimizes the crypto space further across the board. So if Bitcoin is stamped, then ETH is next. And it's like, okay, what are people building in crypto? that makes sense outside of traditional like tech and finance. And once that happens, that's when like the massive, <clears throat> everybody's like, oh, okay, crypto is cool. Like crypto is, is here to stay. I think this is that cycle where that happens. <clears throat> People argued it was, it was last cycle. I think you, you could, could make the argument, but just because of how um, new <clears throat> DeFi and everything was, I think it's a lot easier to make that argument this cycle um, once it's been through the ringer and like survived. Uh, that's how, how I'm thinking about it. So in your in your poker circles, in the uh, in the retail community, that you are clearly what we you know, like. Just look at your Twitter. I think I, I think like a leader in the like yeah. the like I I, I, <laughs> like, I, I view you as like the, the like the William Wallace of retail. <laughs> You're like you, you, elite Andy Jen, bro. <laughs> love your Twitter. Um, <laughs> We were well, like, should we get a retail trader on the show? Avi was like, yes, no brainer. <laughs> I would clarify about this. Like, he's not he, very much so not retail, but the leader of retail. <laughs> I try, I try to help him out, bro. I try to help him out. The, the quarterback of retail. Um, yeah. <laughs> do Do you ever wear Jalen Hurts style eye paint when you when you show up to your training? <laughs> Bro, you know what I should do? I should like I should do streams and come out like I'm like I'm a football player, <laughs> like full costume. I need like a a, a manly costume, bro. Like scream, scream. Yeah, yeah just show up to a Solana hackathon with that like the super turbo. Warlord <laughs> <laughs> yeah. gear. No, I need that. That's it. Amongst the circles that that you lead, sorry, not run in, that you lead. Um, what's the mood like? Can you give us a sense of what? what you know just people who are passionate about crypto and and this market and it's this technology what they're saying after they've just been beaten up throughout 2022 
Well, I think there's there's two outsiders, two main groups. You have the developers and the builders. Um, I'm closest with the Solana, like Solana community of, of builders, not as much um, with the ETH guys, but know some of them too. And during, even when I was at Breakpoint in 2022, they're super excited about the future of crypto and everything that they're building from like DeFi stuff, consumer stuff, um, like decentralized physical infrastructure stuff, everything across the board. They're just super excited about the future and what they're building. And that energy that I felt there in Breakpoint made it a lot easier to be bullish on Solana this year, even when the entire time I was like, dude, you're a fucking idiot. What are you talking about? Um, like I've talked to these people. I I understand this tech, like the advantages it has versus ETH and other other chains. Um, this thing is gonna turn around eventually. So that was like an easy it made that easier um for me to make that bet, having those relationships with with them and talking to them. Um, and then on the other side, it's like the retail degenerates. Um, it's like everybody is trying to hundred X whatever they have, whatever like spare funds that they have. It's like that everybody's trying to hundred X. Um, you have like <clears throat> right now, I've talked about it a little bit on Twitter, but you have a ton of people who are working their day job, but they're not making enough, like substantially to be able to afford a really nice house or anything like in a short amount of time they're going to be working they know if they like calculate how much i'm saving year over year i'm probably going to be working whatever for a long ass time they see crypto and they're like okay i can shave a few years off the back of that by making some extra money in markets and so everybody's like z answer what should i buy what should i buy like what are, what are we looking at this cycle like how do i whatever 10x um so i get a ton of questions like that it's just like the energy of people in markets they see kind of a way um, to get some extra cash, honestly. And like a lot of people were the retail trading side of cryptos focused on that. And then you have the builders who are more focused on dude, no, we're building real things here for the future um of finance, future of tech. <clears throat> it's like a cool it's a dichotomy there. Really. It's it's nice to hear it from you. I mean, we've had this thesis sitting in our like financialized ivory tower here, Abby and I have, where you know, about why it is that there is an interesting casino type element to crypto. But it's, you know, you bring up a really good point. The just life in America and in many, many other places has kind of gotten away from, you know, normal people. And that's not fair, right? So you have to invest well in order to achieve financial outcomes that are, you know, used to be part of the like standard package that you get just working a government job. Like my mom worked for the postal service and bought a house in the hills in California, like on a government. Right. Right. That's not happening anymore. So, you know. So in terms of crypto, like I see the appeal um, and it, it is cool that people can get out there and actually trade some tech that has a future, but obviously there's a lot of risk involved. So um, yeah, yeah, I, it's tough to navigate, isn't it? I see a lot of comparisons. Well, I wasn't around in early 2000s, but from looking at it, it seems similar to me that like dot-com era where a ton of companies like popped out and they were the the giants of this these past two decades but there also were a ton of companies that went to zero <laughs> it's like all the altcoins that we've had since 20 2013 if you look at the fucking the top 100 in 2013 like 90 of those coins are not even around now you go to 2015 you do it again it's like most of them are not even around you go to 2017 you do it again it's like some of them are still here um but that's like the risk of of like you said trading crypto it's like some of this stuff is going to fail 
I don't think that's necessarily bad, but it's also why when you are right on certain things is where you can hit 100x because the market is still small enough that these big guys can't just shove size into it. Um, so you're kind of front running all of those guys. That's the way, the way I, I look at it. It's kind of similar to like that dot-com era, this crypto crypto explosion. And that's, I think, why you see so much so much community in crypto. Because if you, anybody that knows crypto, like seriously knows that you have to pay attention to make money. Like it's actually, yep. it's actually kind of tough, especially if you're, if you're playing the gambling game, right? If you're playing the small cap game, you know that you have to look at that position every, you know, like every week at least. Yeah, if you're playing on chain, dude. Yeah, if you're playing on chain, you just have to be looking at it. You can't just not, yeah. right? Because for at any, at any yeah. moment, the founders are going to mint, you know. Oh, <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. you're, just, you're, you're just out of luck. Right? Yeah, dude. So You're right, dude. It's like, the, if you, you just look at the look at Ethereum and how many like how strong that community is. That's a fucking cult community of ETH people. They've been holding ETH for years. They just never sell it. Like they just literally just like hold a fuck ton of their net worth in Ethereum. And that's why you see these shit coins pop up. Like who are who are these guys throwing like 200, 300k at fucking five mil, 10 mil market cap points? It's because people are literally storing all their wealth like one chain um so you have a ton of people like that it's just like that's how the like that's like I, I gotta ask a question about that because this is a game that i used to play and i used to be in on in 2020 i was big on the on like i was flipping stuff like based yams all this random stuff in, in 2020 i have i actually have no idea what's going on on chain right now like i i, I don't yeah. even know how, how people are how people are finding these small caps like i only see them when they're like 15 to 20 mil at this point but sometimes yeah. <laughs> I'll see posting in chats of buying like 500k. How are you fought? Like, do you play this and how do you find these things? I I play it a little bit. I'm honestly like, I always say I'm I'm second. Like I'll see, I'm in so many chats, dude. Like people are literally sending me stuff launches at 100, 100k, 200k. I'm like, how are you even like, they track a lot of the new launches and they have lists of like deployers that they know are good. Some deployers are bad and they run like the rug check on on all this stuff. And like, oh, this this is safe. Lick is locked. Who who launched this? Like, what's what's the guy behind this? Um, they play a lot of the hundred K, two hundred K games. I know a lot of people that do that. So I'm I'm there watching it. What I'm usually at is like once something is kind of like a little bit of exit velocity, that's when I start paying attention to stuff. I'm like, okay, let me figure out in the five mil to ten mil well, hasn't gone to zero yet. <laughs> New launches there. Um, that's kind of that's how I found um, Unibot early this year. I didn't. I missed it. I was like, people bought it at like thirty k, forty k, fifty k market cap. I don't know how in all these chats, um, but they saw it. It was like, oh, Telegram bot for trading shitcoins. I'm like, Telegram bot for trading shitcoins. That makes a fuck ton of sense. <laughs> <laughs> I'm watching you guys do this every day, and I know people are using Maestro, which didn't have a, a coin. Uh, associated. I'm like, oh, this is my show with a coin. It's one of the easiest theses I've seen. And I was just looking at the like metrics on it and saw how much money they were making off um, fees and like user activity was starting to turn up being consistent. I think I, I bought it around like I think I bought it around five mil the first time. And then I like started talking about it more like around 2020 mil or something like that. And then told people about it closer, like like 30, 40 or some, somewhere around there. But I was like, yeah, this makes sense. <clears throat> and this is not like, this is something that will, if they do well, it won't go to zero. Um, 
So there's like a few things that pop up like that, the new kind of like free launches. And it's cool because then VCs will pick it up. Like they got, they ended up getting VC investment once they um, like showed their their market fit. And that was a whole, uh, like turned into a whole section on like CoinGecko. There was like other people launching, trading like Telegram bot coins. All these devs hopped on like, oh, this is the new meta. It's kind of cool how that stuff, literally these metas, um, like they come to fruition in the trenches. And then it's like, then they hit the timeline and then the VC guys get it. <laughs> and it's like, now it's a thing. But a lot of that stuff happens in like with these degens on chain. That's kind of how DeFi summer happened too. Like everybody's like yield farming. Um, then it turned into a real thing. But as Avi said, it's because people are storing their money um, in these coins. And like they're, they're really bought into the future of finance being in crypto. So it's like you have people ready to test out all these things. Um, and if you didn't have them, then none of the stuff would be around. Okay, follow-up question. So people, we know that people store their wealth in ETH, and then when they feel rich in ETH, they start lifting CryptoPunks and, you know, ERC-20 tokens. Um, yep. What's the, I guess maybe th this is kind of an interesting trade idea that we could chop through here on the podcast. Solana, if it is a token of this next cycle and people are storing their wealth in it, which I think, you know, based on the what I've seen on Twitter, it sounds like people are indeed storing a significant percentage of their wealth in Solana. Um, if Solana starts to roof more or even even the roofing that it's done so far, like what what sort of uh, trickle down effects are we going to get? Like what what are some interesting projects on Solana or NFT pro NFT things that you think will get picked up by the the new Solana uh, rich people. Yeah, I think I think it's gonna happen in the same way, dude. Um, I've been saying for a while. People wrote off Solana alts because last cycle they were basically all scams. <laughs> like literally, um, it was like Oxy, uh, Maps. Uh, what are some of the other ones? There's a few other ones that were just really, really bad. Oxy and Maps are wild to me. Actually, one thing that uh, people aren't paying attention to. This is a complete total tangent. Then I, I want to get back to the point, but. Oxy and Maps actually make up something like 800 million of the claims on FTX. So there's a massive Oxy Maps position. Whoa. Those, uh -huh. those those tokens are basic. They're they're worth zero. They're now. zero. Yeah. And yeah. so so the whole the hole is actually smaller than people expect because of that. Because <laughs> there's this massive just like fake uh, amount of money that people are ascri ascribing to the hole. But it was like crazy. I remember when Oxy raised. They were like raising a 400 million back in uh, I think 2021. Maybe, yeah. it was end, maybe it was end of end of 2020. And the uh, current consensus at the time was just like, yeah, I mean, ape it because it's because it's on Solana, but I mean it's probably not gonna ever not not gonna not gonna ever map to much. I mean, what what like what's out there that's better now than Yeah, so <clears throat> see I I think um I think you're gonna see that wealth effect happen. Like if Solana gets repriced up like over a hundred um and has like that second cycle that Ethereum had its second time where it rips, you're gonna have these teams on Solana when they launch tokens, people are going to be aping them. Same way they're going to be aping NFTs on Solana. Um, what are some of the, the good teams? I think there are a few really strong teams. The Gito guys I like a lot. So Gito Labs is like an MEV, um, MEV team. They also run validators. So they have a, also have a liquid staking um, version of, of Solana, which is like Gito Soul. So they're a combination of like Flashbots and Lido on ETH, but they're on Solana. Um, they don't have a token yet. They're doing like a points program right now. But if they do launch a token, I think that'll probably be one of the strongest ones on Solana. So like Gito, um, then MarginFi, they're similar to Aave. Uh, they're like a lending borrowing protocol. Um, they're doing some pretty cool stuff. Like one of the one of the issues 
last cycle happened with the risk limits on, I think it was, I want to say it was Solon. I don't want to throw them under the bus, but there was like <clears throat> a huge position on like one of the, the big lending borrowing protocols on Solana and the risk parameters were just not great. So it was like, how did somebody build this, this position? And it like ended up fucking up a lot of, a lot of Solana DeFi when they had like unwind it. Um, so margin five guys have been like really, really ha like hammering the nail on, on being safe with like how they operate, how they scale up, how they, um, are building from like ground up. I like them a lot. Margin five, they're like, they're like Ave, um, of, of like Solana. What other teams are good? Oh, like Jupiter. Jupiter's Jupiter against a lot of good reviews. That was the one I was yeah, Jupiter. Jupiter is, is going to be a beast. I think they're, um, they're like an aggregator, um, kind of similar to one inch. But literally everybody on Solana is trading, trading through Jupiter. And the experience, like when everybody starts using it, like, dude, it's so much faster. It's so, it's so easy. It's so like fluid to use compared to these DEXs on ETH. And that's just because of like the, the underlying Solana, like the, uh, the tech infrastructure. I, I used Mango back in the day before um, Solana souped itself up. And I thought it was slick looking and, you know, cool, but. Um, at the end of the day, you need like real use cases on these chains in order for the a DEX aggregator to be relevant. And uh, so what do you think, like, are there any exciting games on Solana? Like, what, what are the, what are the sort of big applications that are going to bring in people over from web to they're going to hit Solana? Or do you think we're not, we're not there yet in the cycle? No, I think we're there. Um, which games? Ari is probably the biggest game right now on Solana. Um, but there's a lot of new ones that I think we'll see coming out, um, like more recent this year. I think the, what I'm really trying to figure out for Solana, what I think is going to be the best play is figuring out which dependent plays on Solana are going to work. Like if I can hit those really well, that's one, um, application that is like very, very, um, well suited to only be able to do on Solana versus like ether or other chains because of, um, like how much more efficient it is, how much throughput you can do. Yeah, it's like if you're gonna scale something um globally, <laughs> you you need to be doing it like on soul. So stuff like Helium, um, like Hive Mapper, uh like renders is big already. They're like over a billion. Um, but applications like those that are like only possible on Solana apps, I think those are gonna be the best plays. I just gotta figure out which which ones I wanna um, when it hit, I obviously don't have a, a good list for that yet, but of tokens wise, so much of crypto is just trying to predict what people are going to do next. So it's like, where, 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 where are people, right? So for example, like two months, three months, five months ago, six months ago, whatever. So you can sit there you go, I know at some point in the future, I'm 100% confident at some point in the future that AI will be talked about by everybody. And therefore you just want to expose <laughs> that AI points. I don't yep. know when, and I don't know how, and I don't know what the, like, I don't know what the catalyst is. I just know that at some point people are talking about this. So I'm going to buy it. Yeah. Right. And, and that's sometimes when, when prices are, when prices are low, when you've, you know, I think anytime Bitcoin's below, you know, 70% of its all time highs, that's like kind of your mentality. When you, when you approach the market is I'm just going to buy certain things because I know at some point people are going to talk about them, whether it's like a real bull market or a fake bull market or an echo bubble or like, I don't care. Yep. I know yeah. it's work. It's like front running. It's front running the attention, dude. That's it's literally attention. It's like, those are why, um, like the, the euphoria peaks happen. Euphoria peaks happen when they're like, you, you've no 
Like there's no other attention left to be spent on this thing. Like if everybody's talking about this thing, everybody's all in, there's nobody left to buy. That's when euphoria is like these peaks happen. If you front run that, um, that's how you make a lot of money in crypto. But I think what's what's interesting from the culture side is like NFTs. So you have crypto punks on ETH. Actually, what are the, what are they at right now? 60 ETH floor, something like that. Oh yeah, so they're still like over 100K. Um, but I think they, they went as low as 40. They, they're up 50% off the lows. I see 55.3. Pretty good. Yeah, good. I think a good bet to make if you're um, betting on the future of crypto, if you think Solana is going to be like that third chain to ETH, is trying to figure out what the CryptoPunks equivalent is going to be. Um, so I've been trying to think through that also. I think Mad Lads are like possibly a good candidate there because that the team is doing a lot of different things for the Solana ecosystem. Like they have the wallet, backpack wallet. Then they're also building the exchange and they also have the XNFT um, infrastructure, which is like executable NFTs that kind of have all these other different features that you can do with them. Um, and Mad Lad is like their, their, basically their NFT. But I don't know if they're going to be the one or another one, but, but yeah. One thing I like about the way that you, you your thought process has been explained over the course of the, the podcast here is that you don't get too married to stuff. And when shit's about to fall out of bed, like in COVID, you didn't look to crypto to, to save you. You went and bought some Boeing puts, right? So how, like, maybe could you talk a little bit? It, it's it's exciting to be like, hey, I think this is going to 10X or this is going to 100X or this crazy ass project with no inherent value is about to go into, you know, hype mode. <laughs> and you can see yeah. these, you can see these casino style tulip, tulip uh, price bubbles occurring before they do. But like, how do you risk manage stuff? Like when, how do you know when you're in peak euphoria and it's time to unload? I don't have rules around how like big portions of my portfolio. Honestly, I, I trade more off the individual, um, individual chart, individual coins. Like I did pretty well with Pepe earlier this year. Um, it was probably my best trade this year, but I saw it. It was one of those situations where everybody was piling in short and you're piling in short on a meme that has no inherent value. It's only people buying and selling. It's literally just retail versus all the other traders in the market. So you have all these traders going short and it got listed on whatever, I think it was Bybit or wherever it was. Um, I was like, oh, this is definitely going to squeeze. I already had, like, I, I was lucky enough to buy it early. I like, bought it on chain and it was like pop, a popular meme in crypto. The fucking frog is everywhere. I'm like, okay, this makes sense to, to capture some... <laughs> attention in crypto then it got listed everybody's shorting it i'm like dude they're gonna get steamrolled <laughs> trying to go against this thing um but the way i look for tops uh ta wise i think volume is actually really really good um when the volume spikes are like two three x the previous dailies and they're larger than the like total market cap of the coin you're usually pretty close to a top like on shit on ship on ship like when ship top it was doing something crazy, like multiple billions of dollars. When Pepe topped this year, when it got listed on Binance, I think the volume that day was like 2.4 billion. <laughs> like his meme was at a, like it was it topped at like one billion or 1.6. And you're looking like at it, you're looking at Pepe versus USDT, right? You're not looking at like pair pair charts for the volumes. You're looking you're looking at the straight up 
Yeah, USD. I mean, I was, I was like, I was I had a position on chain and I had a, a long on this shady ass exchange, <laughs> like only way, way I could get long on it. And I was like closing both at the same time. But yeah, I was really on like the low time frame, like five minute chart, just just trading off TA. Um, but yeah, it's like those those volume spikes are usually pretty pretty good indicators. Try to think of what else. I don't know. I just it's really off TA. Just like once shit starts going parabolic, like they know it's gonna top out top out soon. Shit's doubling like every other day. Oh, that's the hardest part, but also the most lucrative part is just staying sober about this stuff. When you look at your your Coinbase account, or you know, or your your wallet, your on chain wallet, your MetaMask, whatever, and it's just exploded. It's easy to be like, all right, cool, I'm good. Wait, you know, now it's we're three xing from here. You know, it's very hard to stay calm and think like, all right, what's an objective framework that I can ingest now that will help me lock this in and not get too uh, greedy. Jonah, one, one one rule that's been really helpful is is actually to track like, emotional response to things. So if I ever find my if I if I've refreshed my portfolio five times that day, I got to think about selling. <laughs> yeah, I want to, what's that like? What's I'm about to send my boys like a screenshot of my my know Like let me let me take some like, off. It's like without, um, without fail, I'm like I'm like on my uh, I'm on my exchange. I'm like, oh, what 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 are we at now? How much money did I make today? Just, yeah, you know, I'm I'm serious, but like it's because because I think you like people are a lot more similar than we give them credit for, and so if it's all the most that, dude. a lot of other yeah. people are doing that as well, and then at some point people start to wait. They're like, okay, wait a second, this is nuts. Like this is a lot. I gotta I gotta I've, start getting out. I've I've been saying this year like, I a good um portfolio allocation to have. So separate your core portfolio from your degen portfolio. Do like. I'll say like 70%, like 70%, uh, whatever, Bitcoin, ETH, Solana, whatever your highest conviction alts are, put that in that bucket. Don't really try and trade that all that much. Then you, with the other 30%, do whatever it is on chain, whatever, on perps, on like yield farming, some random new launches. Do that with the smaller port portion of your portion of your portfolio. Um, and then like redistribute that to your higher conviction bags. Um, because I think the the way you make the most money in crypto is you stay in the trenches and you're most active with all the new rotations that are happening. But you also have your core portfolio that so you, when crypto is you're just like as crypto is going going back up, you have that you're already long, like you're consistently long. So even if you get messed up trying to trade whatever low time frame stuff or like you're wrong on some rotation. You buy some altcoin and, and it goes down like fifty percent overnight because whatever some random shit happened on chain. Um, you still have your core portfolio. You're not like messed up on. Yeah, trade with a cool head. That's really interesting. I think uh, I think the million dollar question here is: Are you in your core portfolio for another sort of pico top parabolic event, or do you believe like are are you here because you think that you're preempting another giant bubble? Or do you believe that we're in this like 20 year mega trend where crypto slowly starts to eat value transfer as software is eating the world in other areas? I think because of because of how small crypto is now, even if we you assume on a longer time frame that we're in a slow uptrend, the repricing is going to happen quickly um, right now because of how small stuff is like it's going to be a, a, a parabolic bubble just because of how, how tidy the market is and how how like how easy it is for people to get access to it. 
Um, so I'm still trading it in that way. I still think you're gonna have a cycle top and then stuff's gonna go down like 70% or so after after that top happens. But I do think if we get to like, I've been saying like 6 trillion, if we get over like 6 trillion as a top for whatever this cycle, and then we stay in multi-trillion um, like total market cap as a as a, like as all of crypto, I think you're gonna see the volatility dampen just because we're gonna be a bigger market. And I think this is, one of the last ones um, where we're still tidy. The Berniski's been saying ten trillion. I'm like, dude, if we get ten trillion, <laughs> I'm like, yeah. Well, there's your. T- I don't. I don't yeah. think it's under the realm of possibility. I mean, the yeah, next, the, 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 yeah. the, the next bubble is gonna. The the thing is that people have now missed two cycles. If they haven't gotten to crypto, then there are, there are a lot of people with a lot of money that if this thing starts ripping again, there's there's going to be a tremendous amount of FOMO. But it remain, remains to be seen when that top is. I feel like a good way to we get we 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 can we can send this off. Everybody goes around and gives the exact date of the next top. Yeah, <laughs> I'm down. <laughs> I'm down. All right, I'll, I'll I'll go I'll go first. I think the exact top is going to be January twenty first, twenty twenty five. Uh, I'm going to say March 27th, 2025. All right. I'm going to, I'm going to go a a year later than you guys. I think it's coming in 26. Let's say, I think it's March too. So March 15th, 2026. Ides of March, you heard it here first. And the reason why is by then the United States government has just thrown in the, the fucking towel on even pretending that they've got an inflation anchor and a, a some way to pay back the debt, uh, they're just they're just going to start printing their way out of this. And if there's one thing crypto does right for is your portfolio, it's that scenario. Dude, that's you're literally giving us two full years of bull market. I don't know if my body can handle that. Yeah, I can't. I was about to say I can't handle like, like I can't I handle actually two years of up, bro. I remember. <laughs> I remember. Um, or or the bull market just starts later. A year of another year of hell, and then in the up only. I don't know. I, I honestly, I like you guys are you guys have been in crypto way longer than me, so you probably have this this like perception of crypto being this thing that just ramps or or dies or chops around violently and murders people. But like, I don't know. Having traded like pretty big asset classes, like things don't always work like that. Like you can have period. You can have like like fucking crude oil from 2020 to 2022 just ground up from negative $37 to $120 a barrel, like in a straight line, right? That can happen. We, we might be in the middle of one of these long ass grinds and, and who knows? So. Bro, that would be so frightening. If Bitcoin just steadily goes up to like 250K, can you imagine how many alt seasons we would have? Dude, there'd be so many. No, I would print, bro. That would be crazy. That'd be a new rotation every three months, and Bitcoin just keeps going up. No, that's that's not even. That's ridiculous. I, I, I actually think I actually think people would lose their minds. That would be max. That would be max pain because every three weeks people would be calling top, selling everything, and then lose all their money. Like every, everybody would be so down in terms of Bitcoin. Well, if that's what if that's Max Payne, then that's what's gonna happen. Yeah, like even people are doing it now. Like the the Bitcoin chart is just like the daily is just up, but it's not like ripping up. It's just like higher low, higher low, higher low, higher low, higher low, higher low, higher low. 
everybody's like shaking, like panicking, like what's why is it why is it not responding to stuff like like going up? Bitcoin <laughs> has the product market fit. Bitcoin is real. Like every day more money goes into that thing. And the ETF is about to de-bottleneck some of those pipelines of money. I think you see sovereigns ape in uh, like El Salvador and Central African Republic just keeps happening. And then uh, that that's a real use case. ETH has real use cases. Solana will probably, you know, I, I, I wasn't. I wasn't really a believer in Solana until I got talked out of my stupor. And now it does seem like, like L1 will probably will probably start chewing up some some cool games and deep hit and all that that stuff. And who knows? Maybe we end up with this just sort of vortex of of inflows. 2026? 2026 would be crazy. I'm just all for linear, it. linear growth for the next few years. <laughs> yeah. Jonah Jonah Jonah's calling it now. Yeah. yeah. I didn't call that. I said the top is in then. Maybe we have a nasty path to that point, but I think we get I think we get a steady grind. I do. I believe it. The the reason I think like the reason crypto goes parabolic in the way that it does is because this market is is full of degenerates, dude. <clears throat> like the people who trade these markets are willing to all in their net worth on these coins. That's why you have these parabolas because these like I feel like in other markets I don't know if this is true or not, but I feel like in other markets. You don't have people yoloing like a very, very large percent of their net worth into like random shit. Maybe you do. Maybe retail is starting to do that now. Just Tesla, GME back in the day, right? So, <clears throat> but as an asset class, for sure. I mean, no, I, I don't know, Joan. I don't think he's just all inning their net worth into oil at any given moment. Yeah, no. I mean, like the the market for naphtha <laughs> or gasoline is just not something that your average retail person can trade or would care to trade. Meanwhile, crypto, like all, all my TradFi friends keep telling me like, oh, crypto, they're mostly no coiners. They're like, oh, crypto is going to die after it saps all the money out of everybody's pockets. And it's like, you mean the entire world and their desire to gamble on a technological future? Like, I, I no, sorry. Like, no, <laughs> it's not going to happen. Um, and if it does, like probably buy Bitcoin. It's <laughs> like bullish. Yeah. That, that, uh, that, um, you know, dystopian future is probably bullish Bitcoin, but I don't want to ramble yeah. here. This this is about you, and so um, kind of want to ask you maybe for the screenshot of this podcast, can you just move your head to be in the image underneath the crown behind you, the, the Basquiat crown, so we can get like a snapshot of you as the king? This way, yeah. There we go. All right, that's it. Boom. Okay, we're good. Let me clarify. I've said people are like all hitting. Don't all in. Don't all in one thing. <laughs> don't all Please in. do not. All please in. do not do that. That's why I said have your core, like your core positions and have your degen. Um, but yeah, all inning stuff. Like I know people who have done it and like spun up whatever, 100x, 200x. But when you don't have risk parameters like that and you continue to trade like, oh, I'm all in this. I'm all in this. I'm all in this. Some somewhere, so like somewhere along that that pathing is gonna wreck you. Eventually, it's gonna wreck you. And it and the thing is with crypto is like these markets are up only for months at a time sometimes. And when you're long into those up only, your confidence only continuously goes up. It's like oh, I'm a genius. I'm super smart. I made this much money in two months. I've never made this much money in my life. I'm a genius. And that confidence will trick you into making trades with no considerations of risk at all. Um, so that that tricks a lot of people towards the end of bull markets is like, I made this much. I all in this and I all in this and I all in this. And then it's like you trip yourself up somewhere because you forgot at the beginning. You said, 
I was going to like take profit back into this. I was going to sell at these levels. I was going to like TP at this time. And you just forget um, and like commit yourself up. So I, that's why I say like journal a ton when you're trading because it's very easy to get lost on a daily basis of what your thinking was a few weeks prior or a few months prior. But if you journal, just open your book, <laughs> turn a couple pages back. Oh, on March and what? November 21st. I said this, I said I was going to sell when it's 5X. Why am I not trying to sell that now and at 5X? Like what happened between that period and now? Like why is my mindset different? And it's usually because you're wrapped up in the market. Um, this this is why you're good. You have discipline. Discipline is the number one characteristic of traders who make money consistently over time. And then I would say characteristic number two is people who can manage their emotions properly. Um, but discipline, definitely number one. Journaling, great point. Great way to m maintain discipline, even in the craziness of crypto. And it helps, it helps, it helps with both, you know, d discipline and emotional management, for sure. Because I, 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 I've always found the half of emotional management is just reminding yourself that you're feeling something at any given moment. Yeah. <laughs> when, 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 you're in, when you're in the moment and things seem very easy, it's just having that reminder to stop and think. And that, that's half the battle right there. It's just stopping and thinking. Yep. So not for sure. That was solid. Maybe we should get a maybe we should get a reunion of the what was the other pod the Untitled Crypto podcast together. We get get yo Kobe. yeah we do. Get we Kobe. need Kobe back. Yeah, dude. Where is Kobe? He? Like he's, he wrote us off in a van somewhere. Still he's like probably it. like traveling the world, dude. I have no idea. He said he was like crypto Twitter is too negative. I'm I'm going to do fun things. I'm sure that's what he's doing. He's still on crypto Twitter. Probably checking it every day. Dude, honestly, I don't know how you do it. I gave, I gave up on crypto Twitter like a year ago at this point. Dude, it, it's a, it's honestly, it's pretty bad. This year has been pretty bad. Like the amount of negativity just online this year has been nuts. Um, and I get, I get both sides of it because <clears throat> I get people DM me all the time. Like, bro, don't pay attention to those guys. Like you've helped me do this, this, and this. Like you made me this much or whatever. Like you helped me think through this. Um, but yeah, the timeline is just hella aggressive when you have a lot of followers on Twitter. Um, this it is a it's a different different experience. Um, it's funny because like I tweet the same way I did when I had a thousand followers. Like I literally tweet. I still I go out and I tweet. You're like, oh, Z's drunk again. I was doing that when I had no followers on Twitter. <laughs> my boy, my boys would be like, yo, dude, are you good? <laughs> like, what's up? And then I tweet about crypto stuff. You're like, oh, Z's tweeting about crypto shit now. Um, but yeah, dude, it's like when you have a hundred K followers, somebody's like, I don't know, has out, has it out for you for some reason. Nobody cares when you're a tiny account. There's somebody that's always going to get mad at you no matter what you do. Yeah. Like some, it's some like numbers, somebody will take it the wrong way. It's a numbers game. Honestly, that's, that's how I think about it. It's a numbers game. It's like if you, if you like tell some, if you tell five people something by a low chance that one of those people's going to get angry at you. You tell a hundred thousand people something there's a pretty high possibility somebody's gonna have a problem with what you said especially if it's not like consensus um everybody thinking. just don't put your address on your twitter profile and you're good facts the thing is people recognize me now i walk outside they're like yo Ansem. are you serious what the, <laughs> like, what the fuck whoa <laughs> no seriously Travis <laughs> in new york do, do they call you is it like hey you're the godfather what's up what's up king or is it or is it more like hey what's What's uh, Shiba Obama shitcoin gonna do this this week? So the dude, the first thing what they usually do is they pull up my 
profile picture and they come up to me and they show it to me like yo <laughs> are you <laughs> dude from twitter i'm like yes yes me um and then they just like start talking to me and then of course at the end they're like okay what's the next coin i should buy <laughs> what should i buy next without fail without fail oh but yes it's been happening pretty consistently lately like just in random spots in new york i think people in finance gate gatekeep trading a lot like this oh you have to like the only only successful trader you have to go to morgan stanley and sit on a desk for two years or that's how you learn how to really trade it. It's, I don't think that's true at all in any way, shape, or form. This is what I respect about you guys, both of you. Like, I, I played the game and I went and wore the tie and sat at the desk and did that. It didn't, like, all it all it did was just pre-screen me to join what was ultimately the most ridiculous shitcoin casino of all time, right? Uh, <laughs> one thing that's great about crypto is it democratizes those markets. And then when there's a crypto crash, uh, unlike in crude oil, you don't literally ruin entire economies, right? It's it's gated. Like the the impact is limited, but there's also a positive to it too, which is uh, that it can create wealth, and it can also create an alternative to some of these rigged um, tradfi systems that uh, are controlled by suspicious people. So I, I like that. Yeah, and 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 my cope is that it's actually taught a generation of individuals the power of second order thinking. Like you know. Because you, you actually have to, you know, if, if you want to be successful, I mean, there's so many people now that like, okay, how do I play this game? How do I think about this? How do I, how do, how do I get better at this? What's the monetary incentive to get better at this? I mean, people are, you know, people are, uh, I, I think, actually having to put some brain power into this, which is, which is probably a good thing. It's important. I, I think it's also like teaching, um, like finance wise, it's not like in crypto. Obviously, the risks are much higher, but like once you have that, like. I think uh, the the process of managing your own money is going to shift way, way, way more back to the individual than away from like pushing that on other people to do it for you. in like the, these next few years, like this next decade, one is because people are going to be forced to. It's like, OK, how do I be more efficient with like scaling up my savings? Um, and then the other reason is I just think we're kind of shifting away from the trust in these like big corporate institutions back to like the individual um, just like in, in a way, I think that's, that's happening across different markets in different ways. If you can see it a little bit with like how marketing works now, there's a ton of marketing directly to these content creators. These people who have a ton of followers online do much, much better with marketing than these big companies do with their regular um, advertisements. It's like individual, I think it is a big, big narrative shift. that's kind of happening. I, I can I couldn't agree with you more. Um, and I think that I think you're right. Managing your own money teaches you risk management techniques techniques much more than just like offloading your your dough to some robo manager will ever do. So yeah, I think crypto's financially educating a generation. And it's you know, it's impressive for me having, you know, having the opportunity to talk to you and Sam about what you're doing. When I was your age, I had you know, years of white shoe banking experience, but I was a fucking horrendous trader in hindsight because I <laughs> managed my own money. Meanwhile, like you're miles ahead, you're disciplined, you're journaling. Like these are things I learned to do in my thirties. So well done. Thank you, man. I appreciate it. Crypto forces you to grow up fast because basically what happens is you just lose all your money and then either you learn- Facts. Or you 
<laughs> you get wrecked. You get wrecked a few times. You're like, fuck, yeah. how do I keep, how do I stop getting wrecked? <laughs> how do I stop this from happening? Yeah, dude, thanks for coming on. Thank you. Yeah, thanks for having me, man. I appreciate it. It's fun. You gotta get Kobe on next, dude. Yeah. <laughs> that would that would be an interesting one. You like <laughs> calling in, calling in using Starlink. <laughs> like Oh no. He's like it, he's like actually in space. <laughs> calling it's like, are you in the IS why are you floating? Alright, dude. Um well we got we got an hour to prep. We'll get back to the markets. Thank you all f- uh, you know, for listening. This is one of the longer Thousand X podcasts, so it was action packed though. So I'll be long for a reason. Yeah. Not boring. <laughs> Thank you so much, Anso. See Avi, great talking to you as always. Cool.